Hey, welcome everyone to Midcurrent Church Online. My name is Sten and I am the pastor here. And I just want to say thanks so much uh, for, for tuning in today. Whether you are in your living room or on your back deck or on vacation or on a hike watching somewhere on your cell phone, uh, I don't even care. I'm just glad that you could be with us uh, today. Today is actually the end uh, of a couple of different things. Number one, it's the end of, of church being held exclusively online. Uh, as next week, we are set to begin meeting uh, in person uh, at Camp St. Croix once again at 10.30 a.m. and live streaming, uh, live streaming our entire worship experience online. We're excited about that. The truth is, though, uh, uh, the truth is this whole season uh, was really such a unique time uh, in churches, you know, across the globe, there, were, there was some sadness uh, when churches uh, closed their doors for the first time. And then there was some excitement uh, with the novelty of church online. Admit it, you liked uh, watching church in your pajamas. I know I did. I mean, it was kind of uh, fun, right? But then even that, right, some of the excitement faded uh, as the summer went on. But here's what you need to know uh, about church online. God has been at work a church online may have gotten old for you, right? But for many people in our community, it provided something new that they needed uh, very much, right? For many people, God used church online to do uh, what he promised he would do in Isaiah 43 when he said, see, I am doing a new thing. I'm making a way in the wilderness in streams in the wasteland, right? All summer long, most recently just a week ago, I, mean, I hear from people who have never set foot in church, right? Who, are, who haven't ever been to church at all or haven't been in, in a long time. And they tell me they've been tuning in and they've been connecting with us. And more importantly, they've been connecting with God all online. Folks, to me, that, that, that is amazing, Right, and that's actually exactly what we set out to do uh, when we opened the doors of this church. Not to connect with people online, but to connect in any way we can with them and to connect them uh, to the heart of God. And the truth is, we have so many of you to thank for that. Right? I, I'm not even like preaching yet, but I just got to pause and say this. We have so many of you to thank for all of that. Right? If you hosted online or, uh, or filmed you know, announcements or did service hosting, or if you did daily devotions on video or sent in family videos, if you recorded worship sets for us, whether that was right here or in northern Colorado, as was the case uh, today, if you've been behind the scenes, editing video or, or audio, if you've led a, a MC Kids small group online or helped plan or set up or host any of the events that we've held in August, if you've continued giving, right, living generously even in spite of what has uh, been one of the most you know, challenging uh, seasons we have been in, you need to know you have played a leading role in helping real people and a real God meet. And, and we here at Midcurrent, we are so grateful for that, right? That this is the end, uh, not to God's work uh, around us, but it's the end to what was a unique, no doubt, but, but also a very memorable and a very powerful season in the church. And it's a season that has also helped us, right, to pivot. We're, we're not even a three-year-old church, and yet this season has helped us uh, to pivot and to position ourselves to continue reaching our community uh, for Jesus with church online. So it is an end worth celebrating, okay? It's also, th th this weekend, right, it's also the unofficial end to 
summer, right? It's Labor Day weekend, and now under normal circumstances, I would use this, um, you know, little moment here as an opportunity to, you know, complain to all of you that, that you all get the long weekend off in I Dome. And I, I would have used this as an opportunity to, like, really, really pour it on thick, to try to make you feel, like, so sorry for me that you would just all feel like you needed to send me all sorts of nice gifts, all because I had to work on the holiday weekend and you didn't. But unfortunately, I can't do that because this week, just like we have uh, for every other week in the past five months, we pre-recorded this, uh, all of it during the week so that it could be ready for Sunday, which means we all had Sunday morning off in a sense. And this has been the case kind of for the last five months. And, and I, I, you know, every Sunday morning, I didn't even know what to do with myself, right? But I will admit, it didn't take me long before I started to realize what so many of you have known for your entire lives. Weekends are amazing. I mean, you can sleep in if you want. You don't have to change out your, your sweatpants until 1 p.m. if you want. You don't have to shave your face if you're not really feeling it that day, right? For the first time in my life, I felt like Pinocchio going, like, hey, I'm a real boy. I'm a, I'm a real, normal, regular dude. It was incredible. And so I know I, for one, I'm going to soak it up this Labor Day weekend, and I'm assuming the same might be true for you. Labor Day, uh, actually, as I transition to what it is that I actually want to talk about today, uh, Labor Day is a great way to, to celebrate, uh, you know, summer gone by. But as many of you already know, that's not actually what Labor Day is celebrating. Right? Labor Day, according to, uh, to the trusty Google machine, Labor Day is a day meant to honor and recognize the American labor movement and the works and contributions of laborers to the development and the achievements of the United States. Let, let me read that again, just so you can be very clear. Okay, Labor Day is a day meant to honor and recognize the American labor movement and all of the works and all of the contributions of, of laborers to the development and to the achievements of the United States. Okay, now in the world today, I, I, I don't care if you sit on the left or on the right or somewhere in the middle. I, mean, I don't care if you sit in the front or the back or on the top or the bottom for that matter, right? No matter where you sit, it feels like everybody has something to say about jobs and about labor and labor reports and employment and all of its impact on the, on the development and the achievements of the United States and its impact on our economy, right? Today, everyone... Uh, seems to have a message when it comes to something that, that, that has anything to do with the economy. Okay, and I actually have no desire uh, to comment on any of that today. I mean, sometimes I'm trying to like, get myself out of conversations like that. Okay, so, so that's not what I really want to talk about today. But it did get me thinking. Okay, and here's what I started wondering. When it comes to God's economy, does he have a message for us today? But when it comes to the, to the spiritual movement, into the works, and into the contributions of God's people to the, to the development of, of his kingdom here on earth, is there anything that he might like us to know right now? And the answer, I mean, here's a little spoiler alert for you. The answer, I think, is yes. God does have a message for us. There is something that he would like us to know. And I think the more of us that get on board with this, the more the world will start to change right before our very eyes. 
the more the world will change, the more lives will change, and the more hearts will change right in our midst. And so today, I want to see if I can highlight what it is for you, what God's message to you and me might be on this Labor Day weekend. To do so, I'm going to turn to one of the four books in the New Testament referred to as one of the Gospels, right? These are the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And really, they're just accounts of these four men who lived on earth when Jesus did, who followed him closely and then wrote about what they experienced with their own eyes. And so today, we're going to read from the account of Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 9, actually, and here it is, uh, what it is that I want you to hear, starting uh, in verse 35. Matthew writes this. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, uh, teaching in their synagogues, uh, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. You see, Jesus was always, always, always about God's economy, right? He was always all about the work and the developments and the advancements and the increase of God's kingdom on earth. And so here he's outdoing what he does best, right? Teaching the true meaning of the scriptures, right? Preaching the good news about God's free and unbelievably amazing gift of grace and out healing the sick. Okay, and then here's verse 36. When he saw the crowds, right? He's out traveling, he's out teaching, he's out Preaching, but when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Okay, remember that. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, right? He, he felt bad for them, okay? Uh, but, but, but honestly, th- th- this was more than just, you know, Jesus saying, ah, darn, you know, t- you know too bad for them. Right, the verb to have compassion is the Greek word splachnisomai. I mean, that just sounds intense, right? And it's a word that, that means to be moved in the deepest, innermost parts of your being, right? It's a word used to describe the deep, deep feelings of the heart and affections, okay? And so Jesus has this deep feeling in the innermost parts of his being for, for, for the crowds of, of people. Why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Okay? A, a shepherd is actually a common uh, image right, for, for, for people in this day. The, the, the leaders in, in Israel's history, they had often been likened to shepherds, right? Moses was maybe one of the most famous leaders ever in Israel's history. And when his time at the helm, right, when his time at the reins came to an end, Joshua was appointed to be the next leader so that, and here's what it says in the book of Numbers, uh, so that the Lord's people will not be like a sheep without a shepherd, right? God did not want his people uh, to be without a shepherd, to be without a leader, Unfortunately, this is the case in Jesus' day. Unfortunately, this is the case at the moment we're looking at right now, right? Israel's leaders have not fulfilled their responsibility to guide and to protect the people, and therefore that the people are, are, are harassed and they're helpless, right? They're lost. 
And the Bible is clear always that where there is no godly leadership and no godly vision and no godly direction, the people will suffer. And the people were suffering, right? That is what they were experiencing. And friends, if I could just be so bold, maybe, I can't help but feel like maybe, just maybe this is a little slice of what we're experiencing today. I mean, I'm not really sure anyone on any side is really, really loving, you know, some of the leaders that have been elected to guide and protect us at any levels, right? The, the, the leaders that we don't like, uh, they're, they're doing too much of the things that we don't want. And the leaders we do like, the, the leaders that we do respect and the leaders that we do agree with, they aren't doing enough of what we do want, right? And so no one is, is happy. And because of it, I would suggest that too often in too many places, too many people are, 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 are harassed and helpless and lost in suffering because of it. And I'm sure that, 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 that every, uh, you know, everyone you know, on all sides, everyone will interpret that to mean a bunch of different things you know, according to what they want to hear right now, and that's fine. But, but the truth of the matter is that no matter how you slice this, the truth is that collectively, as a whole, I wouldn't suggest that we are in a very good place. Okay? And the people that Jesus is encountering here, they weren't either, and it pains him. It moves him, right? He is moved with deep, deep compassion. And his biggest concern, right? His biggest concern wasn't necessarily the absence of leadership in this moment. His biggest concern was, was the, the direction of leadership, right? Israel's leaders were and they had been confusing things and complicating things with religious looking activity that, that, that kind of masked and, and covered up and swept aside the real problem of, of sin, right? The, the real problem of, of the darkness and the deception sometimes of the human heart. See, the real need was a spiritual need, healing from the brokenness and healing from this darkness. Which, if I can just call a quick time out here, this is something that I think we need to remember mid-current. Our battle, it is not against flesh and blood. It is not against each other. It's not against people. It is not a battle against the left, and it's not a battle against the right, right? Our battle is against the powers and the principalities of this dark world, right? Our enemy is out to steal and to kill and to destroy and to divide, and too often he is successful. And because of it, I think there is a deep spiritual need that exists out there that is often forgotten. It's often overlooked. It's overlooked because there is always you know, some cause or, or some activity or, or some thing or some uh, leader that we're told is going to make things right. And I'm not sure if that's the case, right? Our, our battle is, is not of this World. And so with this, you know, spiritual perspective, right, with this spiritual need in, in view, with, with what Jesus sees as fertile soil, right, ready to receive what it needs the most, Jesus shifts metaphors. 
and he speaks directly to his disciples. Listen closely here because I think hidden in Jesus' words to his disciples is God's message to you and me on this Labor Day weekend. Here's verse 37. It says, then he, this is Jesus, then Jesus said to his disciples, and he's shifting metaphors again, right? From sheep and shepherds to something else. Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest. Some translations say, pray to the Lord of the harvests, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Midcurrent, this Labor Day weekend, I mean, on this day that we celebrate and honor the works and the achievements and all of the contributions, the great contributions to this world, I think the message that God wants to send to you and me about the achievements and the contributions and the advancements all right, of his world and of his priorities, I think it's this, right? It's two words. Help wanted. I think this is the message that God wishes he could hang from the clouds for you and me right now. Help wanted, right? Now hiring, right? Accepting applications. Why? Why? Because the harvest is plentiful. But but we can't find anyone to get out into the fields, right? Jesus wants his disciples to know the same thing. The harvest is plentiful, the ROI guys, right? The return on, on the kingdom investment that you could make right now, man, could be astronomical. The soil is more ready now than it has ever been. The fruit waiting to be harvested is more ready now than it has ever been because the people are like sheep without a shepherd. They're lost and they're confused, right? They are ready for some good news. Spiritual interest and spiritual curiosity has never been higher than it is right now. That's a good thing. But there's a problem. The workers, the laborers, to be sent out into the harvest field. The laborers are few. And so Jesus urges his close friends. Guys, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out workers, that he would raise up workers to go into the field. Midcurrent, here's what I want you to know this weekend. Here's what I want you to know as we begin a new school year. Here's what I want you to know as we begin to bring to a close, you know, one heck of a year that we know as 2020. Here's what I want you to know about the potential that I believe that you have right now in the midst of one of the most unique and unsteady and uncertain seasons that we have experienced in a long time. You could be the answer to the prayer that Jesus asked his disciples to be praying. Right? Speaking about a situation then, right? that, that, that if I'm honest, feels a little bit like our situation right now, Jesus urges them, pray to the Lord of the harvest that there would be more workers out in the field, that there would be more people that raise their hand. Folks, that could be you. It could be me. 
And here's some good news in case I have piqued your interest, right? You don't have to travel, uh, you know, across the country. You you don't have to travel across uh, the world. You don't have to travel across the state even to be sent out into the fields, right? It might only require you to travel across the street. It might only require uh, that you travel across the neighborhood or across the hall or across the, the conference room, which, you know, a little more complicated right now when the conference room is, is online, but I think you get the idea. Friends, here, here's what I believe. Here's why we planted a church in a town that already had 25 other churches. Here's why. Because we believe that the harvest is still plentiful and that we are surrounded by it every single day. The harvest, it is anywhere that there are people who do not know of God's free and amazing gift of grace for them. And those places, folks, are everywhere. I mean, right now, today, in the St. Croix Valley, there are people whose hearts are far from God. Okay, all around you and me every single day, right, right here in, in Hudson and in River Falls and in Spring Valley and in Baldwin and in Somerset and New Richmond and beyond. There are people who, who have not yet grasped that God is for them, not against them. There are people who have not yet grasped that God has a, you know, has a life and, and a plan for them and a bright future in store for them. In our neighborhoods, in in our communities, and folks, even in our churches. There are people running themselves ragged, convinced that that if they just did X, Y, Z, I mean, if they just checked this box, or if they just jumped through that hoop, or or you just added that one, you know, really special accomplishment to their spiritual resume, then then, then maybe there wouldn't be this big giant hole in their life or in their heart any longer. In our midst, every single day are people that are scared and afraid. People who have lost hope. There's people who are lonely and depressed. There's people who want to know if they are seen and if they are heard and if they're noticed or if they matter to anyone, anywhere. And what I want more than anything is for you to know and for them to know That the right job or the right income or the right accomplishment or the right car or the right house or the right leader or the right politician, right, isn't going to put together whatever it is that doesn't quite feel whole. There's a deeper need. There's a deeper spiritual longing in every one of us that rarely makes the headlines, but it's as vital as it gets. So vital, so important that Jesus prayed for someone to step up. Jesus prayed for more people to join the team, to step up to the plate to meet those needs because he knew the harvest is plentiful. He knew that the time is right and the time is now. But the problem, he knew, was the workers, the laborers, are few. Midcurrent, what if Labor Day 2020 
It wasn't just a day that we took the day off from our day job. Or what if it was the day that you and I raised our hands to be the workers that Jesus asked his disciples to pray for? And if your hand is, is raised right now in the middle of your living room, let, let me ask you this. Who is it? Who is it in, in your everyday life that you know is lost or misguided or, or, or even a, a little harassed or helpless these days? I mean, is there a family in, in your community in your church, is there a family in your sphere of influence that, that is looking for some kind of guidance, for some kind of direction, and like a sheep without a shepherd isn't finding it, isn't getting it anywhere? What, what co-workers of yours or what, what neighbors of yours do you think Jesus might be moved to compassion for because of what they are experiencing in their everyday life? And maybe the most important question of all of these is this. Would you be the answer to Jesus' prayer for them? Let me pray. God, we thank you so much for, for the incredible gift of grace that we do receive through faith in your son, Jesus. It is the greatest gift that we could have ever asked for. God, maybe a gift that some of us didn't even know or don't even know that we need. But God, it truly is the greatest gift that we could have ever asked for. And it's a gift that, that frankly, we did not and do not deserve. God, and I think now, more than ever, I think hearts are open to that gift. I think hearts are open to that good news. I think hearts are open to you. Hearts are open or curious or interested to know and to learn more and to hear more about your son Jesus and what he has done for us and really what it is that he has called us to do. And so God, today, on this Labor Day weekend, God, I'm praying that you would inspire us and encourage us and embolden more of us to help more people understand the heart you have for them. God, would you give us eyes to see the harvest, eyes to see the fields that exist right before our very eyes so that we might be about your work. We might be about the advancement of your kingdom here on this earth. God, would you help us to be the laborers, to be the workers that you have designed us to be so that more people might know of who you are and the incredible love that you have for them. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, thank you so much uh, for being with us today and thank you so much uh, for being with us online uh, for the past five or six months. Uh, I'm hoping to see you next Sunday back at Camp St. Croix uh, at 10.30 a.m. or right back here online for our first ever live streaming service. We hope to see you then. Have a great week. God bless you.